For the last 20 years, F1 for Help has been perfecting the art of computer repair. To experience it for yourself, give us a call at 208-687-0183. Let's face it, most of us are camera shy, yet all we hear day in and day out is how small business owners must learn to not only embrace social media, but we must also put our faces out there too, in the form of videos and still images and selfies. Sure, that sounds easy if you're an extrovert, right? But what if you're an introvert? Is it even possible? In this episode of the Business Buffet, we will talk you back off the ledge that is the fear of being in front of the camera and then give you five tips to help you get over yourself on camera. Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with the cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet Podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet Podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Hello again and welcome back or welcome to another episode of the Business Buffet. I am Phil Anderson and I just want to thank you right off the top for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It really means the world to both Ed and I and we both so much appreciate it. So thank you. Speaking of Ed, I got a text from him last night. Sad news that I must share. He said, if you want, you can come over and record the episode in the studio tomorrow. (laughs) Sad news for him. Now he has to put up with me in the same room again. Hi, Ed. How's it going? I've got gas. That's fantastic. For this one time, I'm okay with that. No, doing good. Doing good. And good to have you back in the studio. Oh, it feels great. You know, considering that it's been uh, eight or ten weeks since I've had a haircut, seeing somebody who's follically challenged really... Lo- loosens up my heart. Yeah, well, the back of my neck isn't follically challenged, and that's a real problem. Uh, yeah, so there are going to be plenty of businesses when uh, the commerce starts to open back up for business that are going to be inundated with uh, business. So they're suffering now. The hair salons, the nail salons, all of that stuff, they're suffering now. But boy, they're going to be busy, busy, busy when we all open back up. Uh, I know I'm going to regret asking you this, Ed, but what has been your go-to? Through this lockdown, what has been your go-to comfort food? You know, you always lead in with something like this, mm-hmm. and then you say afterwards, man, I'm so hungry. <laughs> you come to my house, you know, what, what's my go-to food? Ribeye steak, naturally. That's, you know, as far as sitting on the couch and just munching away, uh, payday candy bars. That's, that's we went to Cash and Carry, which I guess now is... A different uh, name. Yeah, so it's smart food something yeah um to me it'll always be cash and carry but uh i bought a big old box of payday candy bars and that's what i treat myself with nice i um ribeye steak i mean really it's you cannot i i'm a flaming young guy but that's all we eat is ribeye at the house well see there again we go to cash and carry and i get the big 20 pound 
a ribeye roast, and then we we cut them all up. Oh, that's very very smart. And then we freeze them. So I've got a freezer full of ribeye and and ribs and pork and chicken and fish and. Oh. You have your own personal yeah. butcher shop here. You know, I I figured I'm preparing for the famine, <laughs> J- just in case it happens. You never know. You know, this you thing don't. this thing could morph into a famine, and you know I'm going to survive. You know, well, you'll survive for like a week or two. Well, that or I'll be dinner for some large <laughs> family. <laughs> so Cannibals. I, I, I have to share a real quick story before we get into this. I was at Costco for the second time in two days. Um, and, this, and I couldn't find my car when I came back out. I'm like, I know I'm in this row. And I couldn't find it. But I noticed that there's this lady with this huge pickup truck trying to pull into the parking spot. And I'm like, why is she pulling in? She needs to back in. And that's a real pet peeve of mine. Anyway, I realized it was my car she was like three inches from. And so I went, uh, you uh, you know, doing okay here? And she's like, do you mind moving my truck? I'm like, not at all. It took me like five minutes just to get in because it was on the door side. But oh my gosh, it's like people, come on. Anyway, I'm pretty sure she won't be listening to this. And so I won't offend her too much. But I went and I reparked it for her backed in so she can pull right out. It's a huge truck. Come on. All right. This episode is going to make many of our listeners uncomfortable today, Ed. Just telling you. That's just, the way to really build rapport with the audience. Let's just piss them off. Well, right I'm just pissing off one. And she was a little older. And so I don't think she's listening to our podcast. I like older women. I bet she Well, that's good. <laughs> You always like to throw me curveballs. Hey, I didn't tell you my comfort food. No, you didn't. I didn't ask. Grapes. Yeah, but see, you're you're one of those health food guys. I went to his house one one time, and he offered me this this tea. I think it was kombucha. Kombucha. I did. You can't even pronounce it now. Those no of you kombucha. Who, those of you who drink it and like it, I'm sorry right up front, but it's oh, really good for you. That is such crap. No man, we let our scoby die though. So anyway, that that's I'm going to show you. I shared grapes, but I didn't tell you how I like my grapes. Fed to you, crushed. There you go. That's right. Fermented. Fermented. Bottled. A little bit of sugar, a little yeast. I mean, you don't even add the sugar and yeast. Yeah. It kind of, well, yeast, I yeah. guess. But yes, I do like the wine. All right. Going back to this episode. Uh, it's going to make a lot of our in- listeners uncomfortable. Today, we're going to talk about getting in front of the camera. Actually, Ed, we just did a Facebook Live leading into this thing. That's already posted on our Facebook page on, at Business Buffet Podcast on Facebook. Yeah, I just checked it. Uh, wide angle lens only gets like half of me. Well, that's okay. It's probably the right half. Hopefully, it's the right half. <laughs> would Would it be safe to say we both have a face for podcasting? We do. I have a face for radio. <laughs> a face for radio, yeah. but we can't say radio because we're really not radio. So it's podcasting now. Uh, I think that there are people that really worry about what they look like in front of the camera, and I've learned long ago I almost could care less. I really don't care. I just put myself out there. I'm going to kind of disagree with you, partner. You think I should care? No, I think some people don't belong in front of the camera. (laughs) Well, that might be something we should talk about. Yeah, I think think we're going to cover that today. I think so. The bottom line is most hate uh, what we sound like in a recording, what we look like in pictures and videos. I've got a message for our listeners. It's time to get over yourself. I think you get in front of the camera. That's what I think, and, and Ed and I will debate that. But do you remember just 15 years ago, Ed, it would actually cost you thousands 
upon thousands of dollars to create a quality image and or video content to use for your business? I do. And, and I spent those thousands of dollars. I've had a video studio of one sort or another for about 27 years. And yeah, very, very expensive. Now, you can still spend that money today. Oh, sure. You know, uh, there is a time and a place for that. I think this is where we might differ a little bit. But um, you remember, like, it was at the Oscars about six years ago when Ellen DeGeneres snapped a selfie with a group of movie stars? Do you, you remember that? I do. What happened? I do, yeah. Um, moments later, that post, that picture was on Twitter, and, and it brought Twitter to a halt. It became the most tweeted picture over th- with over 33 million retweets across the web. Now, that one went viral, clearly. And I have to put this caveat out there. Don't expect what you're going to do is going to go viral, okay? I, I get asked that more than almost anything. Ooh, can you teach me how to make a video go viral? Like, if I could? Infect it with coronavirus. Yeah, that's right. And you'll have um, Tony Fauci right in your oh, lap, too. <laughs> we're going to get complaints on that one. Oh, well, what the heck. I would say don't let the word viral get into your mindset at all. You cannot make a viral video. Viral is an organic outcome, not a marketing strategy or a goal. If a video of yours happens to go viral, celebrate the happy coincidence, but don't bank on it happening again. It just, it, it's not up to you. Um, so other high profile selfies are popping up everywhere, including one of Pope Francis, President Obama. If, if you think, in fact, uh, Donald Trump has got all sorts of things going on on Twitter. If you think it's a passing trend, think again. Selfie was named the 2013 Word of the Year by Oxford English Dictionary. So, and, and I would also say, according to brand growth management, this word has actually been around since 2004 when the selfie hashtag first appeared on Twitter. Taking this type of self-portrait became easier when in 2010, Apple, which we both use, uh, you know, iPhones, introduced a front-facing camera on its phone. So, <clears throat> since yeah. vision... Yes? Can I tell you a fun story? Oh, I would love that. You know, the idea of selfie, I, you know, I'm an engineer. Yeah. I, I take things literal. Well, so okay. the first time I did a selfie with somebody else was actually at a hockey game in Portland, Oregon. And um, I never do it, but, you know, the, the cheerleaders, the, the girls dressed in skimpy outfits. At a hockey game. At a hockey game. I, Where there's ice and it's freezing. Doesn't make sense. Nevertheless, I, I went up to this young, attractive woman and I said, do you mind if I take a selfie with you? And she said, of course not. And she snuggled up real close and I got the picture and, and I focused on me and maybe half of her and she kept trying to push closer and, and I've, I just kept moving around and, and I took a picture of myself. And she says, I, I thought you were going to take a picture. I said, no, I said I wanted to take a selfie, not a toofie. But um, bum Yeah, you missed the whole idea of asking someone into the picture for a selfie. It's a selfie plus one is what that would be. There's a technical term for it. It's a selfie with a boob. <laughs> One. <laughs> so since visuals well, can three, but <laughs> since visuals continue to drive customer engagement, small businesses need to take advantage of the selfie phenomenon. Sharing these types of photos can help a company connect its brand identity to customers. So how can you use selfies in your marketing strategy? Ed, Give me some ideas. Well, 
Don't. Don't use them. Don't use them. Unless, unless you are the image of your demographic ideal, I don't believe selfies have a place in small business. The problem with a selfie and marketing in general is we are either confirming or suspecting our customers' beliefs that they already have. The customers have a mental image of who we are. And when they hear us talk, you know, we joked up front, you, you and I both have a face for podcasting, mm-hmm. uh, but you listen to us. We both have good voices. We, we're both trained singers. We're trained musicians. And we both have really decent voices. We're comfortable on a microphone. We're comfortable on a telephone. We're comfortable standing up in front of people and talking. And what that does is it puts a presumption in the mind of the listener of what we actually look like. And then they see a picture of me. And jig is up. It now, but, but is it? Well, it is. It is. That's why I use a cartoon. It's not that I have a doubting self-image. But my image is not reflective of the demographic that I'm going after in the marketplace. So if the purpose of the marketing piece is to build affinity to me as a human being, selfie away, no problem. And obviously I do that. You've seen my personal Facebook wall. I'm not shy in front of the camera. But as far as a business application goes, it is very rare case that I appear on my Facebook page because I am not the brand image that is res- representative of the cu- customer that I do business with most of the time. So therefore, poisoning that marketing well with an image that is not representative of what they expect to see at Zenith Exhibits, to me, is a waste of marketing platform. So what you're thinking is, <clears throat> if someone makes uh, has an opinion uh, of what you look like before they actually do business with you, it could curtail business in your mind, possibly. Uh, not just in your mind, possibly. Absolutely. Proven fact. And yet you will have to meet face to face with them at some point. Absolutely. And so uh, what is the what is that change then? You have all of the auditory and visual co- elements coming together when we're meeting one on one. Just like sitting down with you, you're a fun guy. You're you're an, an easy guy to talk to. No problem sitting down having coffee with you. No problem sitting down having coffee with me. I'm not an ugly person. I'm not a repulsive person. That's not the issue here. I'm just not brand representative of the people I expect to talk to. So before they make that subconscious decision, eh, I'm going to keep looking. I don't want them to make that decision based on an image. I want them to make that decision based on the content of the message. What was it Martin Luther King said? I dream that we live in a land one day where they judge you not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character. I believe in the same thing with regards to my marketing message. Read my message, then make a decision whether to do business with me or not. Don't do that because I took a selfie of myself in a precarious position. So I think if, so I, I have to, to take the other side on this because it's really what I believe. If you have the opportunity to 
work through uh, some of those doubts that someone might have by showing your personality, by showing the fun side of you, I think that can really be helpful. I think customers traditionally rank authenticity as a top trait they seek when doing business with any company. And remember, people don't do business with companies. They do it with, with because of the people, mm-hmm. the relationships they build, right? People they know, like, and trust. That's so, exactly right. So tell me this. Do you put, put your political ideology on your business page? I do not. Why not? It is who you are as a person. Uh, I, but about- it's not, it's not, yes. Now here is very interesting because I, I believe you can actually drive a stake through uh, anybody looking at that. I don't think, I don't believe so that there is. So in other words, there are topics that I are do believe. Up. Yes. Okay. Like, okay. Like any wedding reception you're at. I was at, a, <laughs> I was at my cousin's Tove's his wedding. <laughs> comes into the conversation all the time at his wedding in Connecticut about two years ago. And of course I do like to stir the pot of, you know, it's conversation. Fun at a it really it, is. It is. And it was, it was the night before the wedding, but it was still, you know, we had people coming from out of town. We were all, I tell you, there's a lot of scotch being poured that night. And uh, yeah, I threw out a bone to someone who I knew was really very political and um, I just kind of sat back in my chair and enjoyed, enjoyed the festivities. It was interesting because my aunt looked at me and said, Philip, you do not bring up re- uh, religion or politics at a wedding. And I'm like, I think I just did. <laughs> so my message here, it's obvious I'm not saying bring up business on your business or politics on your business page. I'm just pointing out that there are topics that we consider taboo and inappropriate for business. And therefore, the idea that a selfie is going to build affinity based on authenticity is not a true statement. Can it? Sure. Will it? Most likely not. Possibly. I'll I'll take it to the most likely not, and I'll use your words from the beginning of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Don't expect your picture to go viral. That's not the rule. That's the exception. And that it's the true statement. And it's the stupid cat photos that are the ones that go crazy. It's the photo of grandma falling off of the table that she was dancing on because she's drunk off her butt that go viral. And is that really the best image of grandma? Is that doing anything for your business? No, and but you bring up kind of an extreme. Yes, that's not what you'd want to do with grandma. But you're going to pick kittens or puppies that do silly things. But we're not talking about, this is really a... Um, that's a personal thing as opposed to business. I do believe with business, you can show the personality and, and I can see where there could be an exception to this. If you are not the face of your business, which why not? It's your business. But if you can actually put yourself out there, people, they resonate with that. They know that, you know, become human, Right. If you are showing that you're a human, I don't think you necessarily need to accentuate all your mistakes and faux pas and things like this, but I'll, we'll talk a little bit at the, um, as we go further into this conversation. So, so let me ask you this question yeah. here. Again, not to completely disprove what you're saying. There is validity to what well, you're Well, there's saying. validity to what we're both saying. But it, it happens to be business dependent. If you happen to be a realtor, Realtors do business based primarily on image. That's why they buy expensive big cars. Besides the fact that they're driving people around showing houses mm-hmm. all the time, image is a big deal. If it looks like you're successful, you're more likely to get the customers. 
But I've got a friend right up the street here, CEO of one of the most successful pump companies in town. They drill holes, they pump water out of the ground. And great guy, wonderful human being. If I mentioned his name, which I won't, but if I mentioned his name, you probably know him if you live anywhere in North Idaho. Very, very popular guy. Will not take his own picture and post it in his business medium because it has absolutely nothing to do with his business. Why? He drills holes and pumps water. What's a picture of this guy going to add to his marketing message? If he wants to show a picture of him so people can get an idea of who he is as a human being, he's going to hire a professional photographer. He's going to take a quality headshot. He's going to put it on his about page. Him in a shop doing something silly in a selfie, first off, the exposure of content is him. It's not the business, the service, the offering. It's him as a human being. So I just believe that selfies have very, very little minuscule amount of business value from a marketing standpoint. Now, what if this person was going head-to-head for someone's business with one of his competitors? Now, we all know this time of uh, a business life where social media is so prevalent, we hear about it all the time, but his competitor doesn't do anything on social media. And he decides to put himself out there a little bit, to show a little bit that he's human, a little bit of his personality. And a customer that they both want sees that over the other person who does nothing, they are going to probably go with this person. No, you didn't hear me say don't be on social media. You heard me say selfies are not the business That's all a part of it, though. You know, a picture of the well pulling water out of the ground would, to me, have more value in this individual's case of realtors showing a couple on the porch of their new home with the keys in the hand is, to me, a far more effective image to the audience that that realtor is talking to rather than a narcissistic photo of the individual themselves. How about, uh, you know, um, and I'm going to use jump ahead on video, just one, uh, one second regarding the real estate agent. If there's a branch hanging down across the street or a sidewalk or a chuck hole in the middle of the street, does it not behoove that real estate agent to show a quick Facebook live of them filling that hole or cutting that branch? Well, it's no longer a selfie. Well, it would the, be the topic started as selfies. And that's I said one part of being in front of the I don't camera think is selfies, selfies have a place on there. Now a video with regards to a solution, a problem, uh, a way to get around it. Yeah. There's total value to that. Something of value to your customers absolutely belongs in your social media. But I think a selfie, uh, you know, it's narcissism at best. Well, so uh, in this day and age, there has to be a little bit of narcissism in to help uh, your promotion. So I, I mentioned two ways of using selfies in a positive way, show personality, showing that you're actually human. Another way is sharing a laugh. Uh, again, if you're a law firm, and I still don't discount it, but if you're a law firm, you may not want to do that because you want to show that you're serious, you know the law and you're but I, I still think that there is room for growth in that industry. But those are three ways of showing that you're a human being through selfies, using still images. And we spend 
almost all the time so far talking about selfies, but there's another even more powerful way to use your awesome and one-of-a-kind face, and that is video, specifically live video. Uh, yesterday, I did a uh, side dish all about using Facebook Live to grow your brand and grow your business. We're going to talk a little bit about live video now. So if you're a small business trying to market your products and service on social media, it's time to add video to your strategy, especially during this lockdown. Video is the ultimate marketing superhero with endless powers. Video can engage distracted customers, encourage followers to act, evoke powerful emotions, help build trust, build brand awareness, and I mean, there's just too many things to mention. And video will also show body language that words just cannot show. And you don't need a professional production crew. I know you can go that route, but you don't need that anymore. You just don't. Um, it's the actors and the skills involved with that. It's just, a, it can be a very, very big spend that makes it unreasonable to, to use. Um, you can grow your business and reach more people by creating inexpensive, high-impact videos, and it can be done, right? Certainly. Done lots of videos. <laughs> but there again, how many times have you worked with a customer and you went through the script and you developed the, the messaging only to turn on the camera and get the deer in the headlights? That happens. But... That won't happen after the 10th time, and it'll even be better after the 20th time, and then the 30th time. You know, I've actually done, in the last two and a half weeks, maybe eight um, Zoom call. I, I've recorded some Zoom calls with some of my clients and some uh, other non-clients, okay? And I am I'm pretty happy with the way they're turning out. I'm reaching a lot of people, too, organically. I do it. I post it to my Facebook page. Now, this is not live, but it's recorded live. But I, I post it as a recorded uh, video, and then I share it to my personal page. And I'm getting a lot of reach. I've got people that are ecstatic at, at being able to share some ways of getting through this whole lockdown, and that's the, how, how I approached it. But it's just taking that step and doing it. The first time I did it, probably not great. I am getting really good at it now. You know, the challenge with it, story here, I, I was hired by this gentleman. He was a realtor. He and his daughter, they, they wanted to promote their real estate business, and they felt that they had a corner on the market for short sales. Obviously, this is in 2008 after the real estate crash. And at first, it was like, yeah, no, you don't got anything. I didn't want to really deal with them. In hindsight, I should have gone with my gut because it didn't go well. But I digress. We went forward. We actually worked together for almost a year. And the reason it didn't work is because this individual who was hell-bent on creating a reality-based TV program on real estate and short sales and all of the problems associated with the real estate crash, when it came time to put the camera, lights, and microphone, he froze like a statue. He couldn't remember anything. Honestly, I had to write things out in big print on the cue cards. And even then, his eyes are tracking back and forth as he's reading. And he looked dishonest. He looked shifty. He, he looked uncomfortable. He did not look professional. 
And is that the image, even one bad time, that you want to share on your social media? Like I've heard a couple of times in my lifetime that once you publish it on the internet, it's there forever. That's right. So is this what that you're describing? Was that, uh, did they have a full film crew and script and everything? We did. So completely different. That is a produced video. Well, and that's the way we were going. He wanted to do off-the-cuff reality TV program, but he couldn't even do that. When the, mic- when the camera came on, he froze. Now, I have done a eh, little over 1,200 videos for businesses in the 20-some years that I've been doing this. And almost every single situation, it took forever to get the video because you're right. It is a learned art. It's not that you can't do it. You absolutely can. Anybody can learn how to stand up in front of a room and deliver a speech. But glossophobia is a true issue, and most people struggle with it. And the problem with the video camera is that big old eye, it just brings the fear of God down on them. There's no audience feedback. People are absolutely at their worst when they're behind the camera. And the number of times that it takes for them to get comfortable, there's a point of diminishing return, even without the cost of having a video crew, which lowers the likelihood that you're going to have any decent lighting. The sound quality is going to be acceptable levels. I, I think it's a lost art that most small business people are, are not really equipped to handle. So there's a couple things. Do you, that uh, story that you shared when the guy froze up, did, did you have decent conversations with him uh, when the camera wasn't rolling? Did you, oh, yeah. was he able to um, deliver the message of his business without? Very well. Okay. So, you know, it's in there. You mm-hmm. know it's in him. Without it's a just a matter of refining the skills and the tools to get good in front of the camera mm-hmm. like you are when the camera's not running. One. Number two, don't you owe it to your business to use the best possible uh, platform and medium and get good at it? Don't you owe it to your customers to put the best possible product? Exactly. You already have a we're, good product or service. We're saying the same thing from the opposite standpoint. If you put an inferior video online, your customers are going to see inferior. Is that the brand image that small business should stand on? Okay, so I need to go back to an episode we did about do words really matter in business? Because in essence, I was all about that, right? Mm-hmm. They do really mean something. And so in a way, we're we're kind of opposite on this because – you said at that time, yeah, I don't think it's as important as you, as you say it is. But it's interesting because I put a lot of emphasis on words because those things you can control as you're writing. <laughs> it's very controllable. But as opposed to a video where you may stumble over something and it's actually comical when someone sees the way you recover that. Um, we're going to take a real quick break. But Ed, I want you and our listeners to noodle on something. I want to hear a couple of ways small businesses can use simple video in and on their social channels. This episode is brought to you in part by New Leaf Nursery located in Hayden, Idaho. 
Don't look now, but spring is in the air. After months of winter isolation, it's time to spruce up your yard, and New Leaf Nursery is the place to go. With acres of plants, shrubs, and trees to choose from, you're sure to find what you need at New Leaf Nursery. Our buyers and horticulturists are all about bringing in naturally beautiful plants curated to thrive in our North Idaho climate. And our bulk materials department offers a variety of soil, bark, and rock to meet your landscaping needs economically. Whether it's sharing our knowledge, passing on savings to our customers, or simply providing a space that inspires, our goal is to make gardening accessible and help you create your most beautiful yard ever. Come on in and let our knowledgeable staff help you find the right plants that suit your home and gardening needs. Visit newleafnurseryhayden.com or call 208-762-4825 on the corner of Lancaster and 95 in Hayden, New Leaf Nursery, your neighborhood garden center. Now, before the break, I brought up the dirty five-letter word, Ed, video and how all small businesses should be using it in some way, shape, or form. I truly believe that. One thing to keep in mind, in this day and age, every business should also consider themselves a media company. A roofing company should be a roofing and media company. A plant nursery should be a nursery and media company. Speaking of nurseries, Ed, before we heard from our sponsor today, I ask you to think of a couple of ways small businesses can use simple video in and on their social channels, what'd you come up with? Well, you know, obviously video communicates processes really good. It communicates feel about the individual. People like to hear about the business from the business owner. So, you know, an elevator speech type presentation that's prepared appropriately for video. Uh, great, great opportunity. Showing the process, uh, having a quick video, like if you're a print shop, and you've got a direct-to-substrate printer showing a video of how the DSP printer works. Uh, it's great for the social media process. So you've got your opportunity to show some behind-the-scenes stuff in this sort of thing. And you just brought up a print shop. People come in and, and, and ask, what do you mean it's going to take five days to do this or three days to do this? I need this this afternoon. And they don't understand what is all involved in a print project, such as what they're looking for. So if you're using social as educating and informing and not necessarily selling all the time, it's, it's going to help educate your client to where now they're going to consider bringing in that project a little earlier to use the print shop example. But on almost every small business, there is opportunity in these short little videos to really engage with your clients and customers on a completely different level that I don't think big corporations have that at all. Boy, I'm just like the Debbie Downer on you. No, today. no, come on, come on. I'm, you know, the big corporations have a resource that small business struggles with and that's resources, people. You can have Sally, Sally Ann in the marketing department, uh, shoot some videos and if it falls flat on its face, no big deal. We'll give Sally Ann another chance and, and eventually she'll get good enough at it. And if Sally Ann, while she's learning how to do the videos, uh, Chuck in um, uh, shipping and receiving is a ham and he's good on the camera. 
okay, we'll shoot some video of, of Chuck instead while Sally Ann is getting her video chops. Now, big business when it comes to video production, even without prof- professional crews, they have the advantage. Small business, their limitations is time. It's always, always time. There's never enough time in the day to do what a small business person has to do. I work 60 hours a week, and that's just on Zenith exhibits. Then I do podcasting and leave a few extra hours to spend some time with my wife and my dogs. So the idea of spending a six-hour project in a week in order to create a video, that's a special case. Um, it's not something, if, especially if, if uh, Billy Bob from the local plumber's uh, business isn't been very good at doing video, for him to just turn on the camera and start recording something without an area plan of what he's going to do, <clears throat> he's going to look like a fool, and he shouldn't be publishing that. Do it as a practice run, but he's got to be out turning the wrench in order to make business profitable. So I think small business is at a disadvantage when it comes to video, at least if you're trying to do it by yourself. If it's a video that you don't care what the quality looks like and it doesn't impact your overall business image, go for it. It is a great medium. It moves people a heck of a lot better than a static image. So I was going to mention that um, uh, when you when you talk about some of the tools that are out there, I actually just downloaded today Vimeo Create, and you can put together a video in five minutes that includes your logo, uh, some text, and these videos are short and to the point and sweet. They can be 30 to 60 seconds. And Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn uh, and YouTube and Instagram all make it super simple to do quick, short videos. By the way, practice on Snapchat or TikTok. Do it there. They disappear in 24 hours. If your audience is on Snapchat and TikTok, do it. You're right. It's fast. How many small businesses do you work with where their prime customer is on Snapchat and TikTok? Well, I would even say there are some businesses that their prime customer is not at all on Snapchat or TikTok. However, their child is. And so when you can um, resonate with someone at a 15 to 20 year old or whatever, that A, will tell their parents about what your product and service is. Again, it has everything to do with what your product and service is, what your business is, right? But number two, they will remember you down the road when they get to the age of buying your product and service. Hey, look, the tobacco industry has done that forever, okay, until they were taken off the television, right? So I, about 18 years ago, I was working with a gentleman. I, For contractual reasons, I can't mention his name, but... He had a pretty big company in Silicon Valley. And he, his, his son was doing a project, and he needed some help doing the filming for his son's project. Now, you even stated up front, 15 years ago, video production was rather expensive. And I had all of the gear. So this individual, whom I'll leave nameless, said, Hey, Ed, can you help me out? You, you, you keep talking about that video camera. Can you come produce a video for my son? Honestly, it'll be easy. Take you a half an hour. No problem. Half hour, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's famous last words. (laughs) What everybody forgets about video production. Yeah. You know, Adobe Rush 
great, easy program for making video. Ripple, great. The one you mentioned, I'm sure it's a great program. I haven't used it yet. You still got to take time to create the content. There's still an editing process. For every second of video that is ready for production, there's at least 20 minutes of time that went into creating it. So if you've got your 30-second video, you've got hours of time that you should have invested into that in order to make it something that is of value. I spent weeks on this project for this kid, and we still didn't get it right. Kid was a perfectionist. But the idea that a small business with already maxed out on time could produce a video that's going to resonate with their target customers, I just think it's it's a bridge too far. So it's interesting because on this podcast, we've talked about the benefits of networking, of uh, marketing, getting your name and, and your word out, and really the time spent on doing that. I would argue spending time on creating the skills um, to do these short videos is almost maybe as important as it is to spend an hour at a networking lunch where you have a get no argument out of me. I, I read 200 books a year. Uh, learning is an everyday occurrence. Uh, I, I read 32 different magazines on a weekly basis. Uh, you're right. Small business should be doing it. When was the last time you spent any time on Photoshop or illustrator or learning some new tools for your business? Probably last week. Last week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's something that, you know, it, it's sometimes um, thrust upon me from time to time. Oh, my God, I have to learn this this week. And so you rearrange your priorities because this ha- you're under a deadline, right? But it is something that I'm constantly learning how to do things. Look, we're both in a demographic that many people would say, we're uh, in, in industries where the young people are hanging out. I don't look at it that way. I've got experience that some of these young people don't have. And I've got the, the, the want and desire to grow. Now, you give me a bad time because it takes me a long time to learn some certain tech stuff. Uh, but I eventually learn. You do. And, you do. And, you can teach an old dog a new trick. That's right. You know, and on this, I totally agree. On this, you know, for this episode, I agree 100%. Us older folk have a tremendous advantage over the youngins when it comes to social media and marketing. While they may have the finger dexterity when it comes to working the little virtual keyboard, they don't have the mental acuity to know what it is that should be published. And that is the advantage of the older business owner as well. You know what your customers want to see, and it's not the stupid cat photo. It's not the video of grandma falling off the table. It is something that is of value to the visitor. If your business exists to make other people laugh, then show grandma. Then show you getting hit in the testicles with the ball by your five-year-old son after he hits the tennis ball off a tee ball. That just hurts. Oh, I just saw that video on Facebook today. It is nasty. So let me give you an example. Then we'll move on. a nursery that just actually had a sponsor spot on this particular episode. Uh, they really have a, they're, they're huge and they have chickens there. 
kids see the chickens and want to go visit the nursery. The parents bring their kids to see the chickens because the kids want to see the chickens at the nursery and end up buying plants. And, and so the chickens have nothing to do with what they sell at the nursery except for a good feeling of being around good people and family and things like that. And I think that's really kind of what I'm trying to relay here is that there are other ways of getting people interested in your business. Am I saying you should, you should uh, post a short video about standing up in a zoom call and you had no pants on? Probably not. That was such a funny one. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. You have to be smart and logical about this stuff. But man, sometimes I think in business we're too um, too constricted. Okay. Now these videos that I'm talking about, they're short, sweet to the point and timely, but I have heard so many people say, I don't even know what to do. What kind of video should I, should I post? Well, I've got a few. Okay. How about a product launch? You're about to, we talked about that. Uh, what was it last week? You, the week before putting together uh, packaging uh, different products for these, um, you know, during the lockdown and the downturn and the inevitable recession and things like this, you know, you can make a short, sweet video to the point that gets that out there. By the way, the social channels love video. So then you get pushed to the top a little bit more. That's, that's one thing. Any idea? Uh, well, you also got special events. Oh yeah, know. for sure. When you have it, Here's an area now where I think creating a video is easy, and this is where you set up the tripod and you re- you just do it. Uh, and go Facebook Live. Why not? Uh, if you're going to throw a barbecue, then film it. <laughs> now, we laugh, but I've got, a cl- oh, I've got a client in California. They're a manufacturing facility. Came and they full make, circle. We're now with barbecue. They make cabinets for closets, and they have an online interface, and they wanted to come up with a way to let more people know that they now have a design online and pre-cut operation. Uh, So what should we do? Should we send out direct mailers, do a brochure, Google advertising? When he asked me, what should I spend my money on in order to bring people and let them know what I'm doing? I said, naturally, a barbecue. <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> you bring out the cues. You you barbecue some hot dogs, some hamburgers, and just before everybody eats, you have a captive audience. That's the video that you put on your Facebook channel. That's the video that you don't have to spend any time editing because you just gave it live. So yeah, special events, great opportunity or using video to promote your business. I couldn't agree more. How about uh, any sort of uh, informative or uh, tutorial, uh, something to educate uh, your clients um, about how to do certain things? By the way, YouTube is full of these. How often have you gone to YouTube to learn something that you kind of forgot, but you just needed kind of a refresher? I'm there daily. I know, right? And so you're like, you look at this one, nope. That one, nope, this one, there it is. And those are quick to the point, and these are businesses. There's You're some, not paying for that. There's some really stupid ones. There but, are, but you you but know what? For the most part, yeah. yeah. And you'll find the one that actually you resonate with. Well, you know, true story. I, I had in my budget up until about seven years ago $8,500 a year for software education. That budget line item is gone because of YouTube University. 
That's an $8,500 savings. That's, That's right. an $8,500 profit because now I don't spend money to go learn things. I learn it right there on YouTube. Now, lynda.com is not a sponsor of the show, but I will say you can, for 10 bucks a month, lynda.com, and learn about almost anything in a full on training. Great, great training. Program. Yeah. So, I mean, for sure, that's 8,500 bucks added to your bottom line and you're still getting the training. So yes, um, those sort of tutorials that you can do. You've also got behind the scenes cameras that really show your secretary in a bad light. Those are always, <laughs> always fun. Now don't put them on Facebook. God, no, but you know, you, Twitter, they go away quickly. <laughs> you, you can use them to, uh, blackmail your employee. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's like, what are you doing? Sabotaging this episode. <laughs> No, behind the scenes looks like we talked about the print shop. You, you've got an operation. I, I once did an as built, a pro, uh, process controls as built of a tomato factory. You look at the outside of this building, it's just a square building that trucks drive up. Uh, they float the tomatoes in to the building, and then 90% of all of the tomato paste used by Domino's Pizza comes from this one plant which obviously caught my attention. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> but to get a video of that process, uh, that would be gold. You take just take a video and you tour the plant. It's not something that the everyday people can do. And if you have an operation like that, like my friend out here in, in uh, Hayden, who's got that drill company, uh, showing a video of how the drilling process uh, goes about, uh, that's great stuff. You know, it's interesting. We did a behind the scenes scenes for this episode today, and you can see that it's only what probably a minute or two. You can see that on our Facebook page, Business Buffet Podcast, and it will be a yeah, it's just a just a little kiss of behind the scenes. But it's it's that sort of thing that people really resonate with. It's funny. Um, the dinner party is a little. Uh, bottle shop, if you will, but anything you need to throw a dinner party, including wine, uh, here in, in town, did a uh, little short 45-second, 60-second video about what some of their customers are doing in this time of lockdown. They're buying wine from them, shipping it to their kids so they can do a Zoom wine tasting together. It's very creative, and it, it it's just shows a different side of the business that's a more human side. How about those things that are trending? Those How about are, those things? I mean, so you've got things that are in the news every day. Now, I'm not, I'm not one to say you should hop on the coronavirus hashtag, but you could if you had something that you could possibly justify using that in the video uh, to, to get people to watch. It's, it's something that's in the news. You know, football season, you've got the Super Bowl. You've got the Super Bowl ads. You've got anything that's right now trending plants are coming to life. Our yards are coming to life. It's springtime. I hear that the commissioner of the football league did a home video the other day. Yes, he did. He's going to do another one tonight. Is he really? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So it's uh, and they've had to really, really be creative um, during this whole draft thing, but for sure he did do a a home video Um, anyway. And you might actually have some, some of your clients that, uh, have something that they post on some of your social that you can use in a positive way. There's just all sorts of ideas. And I hope that, Oh, I I didn't even mention vlog. 
Have somebody, this is the Gary Vaynerchuk model. Have somebody follow you all the time. Now, that in and of itself costs you money because you're gonna pay for that person. But if you really want behind the scenes and some of the gold that your clients have nothing, know nothing about in terms of what you do during your day, I mean, that is that is one way of doing it. Ed, any parting shots? No. So I was just going to say, remember, you will be speaking from a place of expertise when you do these videos. You should know what you're talking about inside and out. It shouldn't need to be scripted. By now, if you've listened to any amount of our, uh, any of our episodes, really, you know we tout the importance of getting out there by joining networking groups and uh, just marketing yourself in a very relational way. This should feel no different than like a 30 or 60 second elevator commercial pitch or speech at some of these groups where you have to stand up and talk in front of people. Remember the first one you had to do in front of everyone? It was probably kind of ugly. Actually, I was a professional speaker. No, it was pretty good. The very first time you ever spoke in front of somebody. Well, okay. In front of somebody, it was my speech class. And you were nervous. Oh, I was pretty good. Okay, you're killing me. You're I gave killing. a, in high school for my history class, I gave a 45-minute speech. You kidding? I've been a good speaker my entire life. I think you, said, Sorry. you should have said speak well. Yeah. Grammarly is not with us today. Me, so Me speak well. <laughs> there you go. With that said, here are five quick tips to get your, over yourself in front of the camera. One, think of the camera as a person and look and speak right into it. Own the frame. Number two, have a plan, but not a teleprompter and be enthusiastic. Remember, these are not full-fledged, high-production videos. These are short, quick, to the point. If you need to use notes, the more videos you do, the less you'll need those notes. Number three, it's not about you. It's about what you have to say. But be yourself and reflect your brand always. Number four, it's okay if you mess up. In fact, it's inevitable. Embrace it, own it, move on. Number five, practice, practice, practice like everything you will get better over time. You got a quote of the day? I do. It is best to act with confidence no matter how little right you have to it. Lillian Hellman. Well, well put. This episode was sponsored in part by the Northwest Pet Resort. We are the Inland Northwest's premier one-stop shop for your furry friend. Founded on the fulfilling health and happiness of your dog, Northwest Pet Resort has been building relationships since 2010, Offering boarding, daycare, grooming, and a place for all your shopping needs, Northwest Pet Resort is here for you. It is so important for us to help you enrich your pet's life. Check us out at nwpetresort.com. We look forward to meeting you and your pet. Northwest Pet Resort, how can we make your tail wag today? Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Business Buffet Podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.